So when I was thinking of this, probably about a month and a half ago, I started thinking about, oh my God, I'm like, put something on my heart. I'm like, these people need to hear. Awesome, thank you. Um, These people need to hear. And as I actually went fishing right after a Tuesday night, I went night fishing. Didn't catch anything because I'm not very good at it. But um, we went and uh, God put this on my heart and he gave me these few things. So if you guys are into titles, this, name, this title is called Fish the Pond. And when God gave me this title, he said, because remember, follow me. And in Matthew 4.19, it says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Right? Jesus was basically taking, talking about evangelism there. Saying, I'm a, I'm a, you follow me, I'm going to disciple you. And you guys are going to become fishers of men. Because they're out there fishing for fish. So when I started thinking about re- evangelism, I started to think of how much it relates to fishing. It's funny that, it's funny how basically they both go hand in hand. If you're going to be a good fisherman, you have to have these same things. If you're going to be good evangelism, you have to have these same things. Without these traits, I don't want to say that not everyone, if you're not a good fisherman, you're not going to be a good evangelist. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is with these traits, if you don't have them, you will not be effective. Okay? If you fall victim to the things that hinder you from being a good fisherman, you also will not be an effective evangelism. I don't know. I looked in the dictionary. The meaning of evangelism, it says, the meaning is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witnessing. Right? That's, that's in the dictionary. That's what evangelism means. And uh, so I was like, that brought some remembrance. It's funny how the Holy Spirit brings stuff to the remembrance, right? In Mark 16, 15, he says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What gets me on that is... He never said, Eli, you're the only one that can do this. He's not the only. Pastor Tim, you're not the only one that can do this. He said, go into all the world. He was talking to them, the disciples. He didn't say, it's going to stop with you guys. He said, it's going to keep going. I didn't just, you guys, it's funny, when you look at all the disciples, they weren't all qualified to be disciples, to go be preachers. That's what I find funny. It encourages me, though, because I'm, I'm like them. I'm not a very good preacher. I'm not very good at that, being outspoken. But God qualifies the called, doesn't call the qualified. So um, I looked it up. There are 6.9 billion people on earth. 2.2 billion people in the world claim to be Christians. Right? So... Heard a pastor said, what if you, everyone reached one person? So in one year, one person, that's a Christian, reached one person. In one year, 4.4 billion people will have been reached. Do that again. 8.8 billion people will be reached in three years. There's only 6.9 billion people in the world. In two and a half years, the whole entire population on earth would have been reached. Right? I'm not saying that those numbers are actually statistically correct, because I know that they're not. But, anyways, like I was saying, 
the things, there's three things that I think that'll make you, that will make you a good fisherman, a good evangelist. And the first one is wanting to fish the pond. Second is un, being uncomfortable. And the third one is discouragement. There's other things, but I think that personally these things are very important. Because if you're not wanting to fish the pond, then you're never going to catch fish. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. If you don't want to fish, you won't catch fish. You can't look at someone, I never wanted to fish, but I've never caught one, so whose fault is it? Right? It's that guy's fault. No, you never wanted to fish, so you can't really blame that on anyone else. So the, I'm going to go on the first topic is wanting to fish. So I like illustrations, so I brought these kind of a visual person on visual stuff then I get kind of get lost happens a lot in my life but <laughs> um so who who likes to fish first of all who likes to fish amen so we got some fishermen like who really like are you like that person that's like you know what I could fish that it's like a puddle but you're like hmm there may be some fish in there I should try and fish it anyone like that that's definitely me. I'm like, hey, that looks like a, I'm going to fish this. Like, might as well try, right? I was driving down the highway the other day, and I saw this puddle on the side of the road, like a little creek. I'm like, I wonder if there's fish in it. Like, you could always try. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm kind of that way. Um, <laughs> but ask yourself this. As many times as, you, as I think about fishing, I had to ask myself this. How many times do I think about people going into eternity? How am, I, how am I fishing for those people? How am I trying to reach them? You have to want to see people change for Christ. I was so guilty of this. As soon as I became a Christian, became a selfish Christian. I got God for me, and he was only for me. I didn't tell people about the joy that was inside of me, the peace, the, the love, the fulfillment that he brought in my life. I kept it inside because I was afraid of what people would say to me, and it was easier to stay where I was. You have to want to see people change for Christ. So many times we see and hear Christians praying for a move of God, but we are the move of God. We're the body of Christ, right? We are the move of God. We have to love. Turn with me to Romans chapter 9, real quick. Romans. Amen. It's from verse 1 to verse 3. This is Paul talking. He says, I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For if I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, for my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are the Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory 
the covenants, the giving of the law. Paul said right there, if I could be cut off from God, I would for my brothers. If I could give up everything, that love, that joy, that peace, for my brothers, I would. How come as Christians, we don't have that? I'm selfish of this. I'm preaching myself right now. I don't have that. So I had God just break my heart. I'm like, God, I want to live my life like that. So that people that see me and talk to me know that I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to give up my spot in the book of life for them. Ask yourself, what is your pond? The pond are the people that you see. So I set up these loops kind of like as ponds, as areas. I'm going to set this one up closer. i show you guys. Set this one up closer. For lack of better terms, I call this one the secret pond. It's the one closest to you. I have a couple secret ponds in my house. The ones I go to, I actually went fishing the other day. Caught a couple of them. They're the ones closest to you. So I thought of this one as your friends and your family. People you see the most. The people you're most able to go to every single day, right? Every single day you're able to fish for them. You're able to put that in there. You're able to talk to them. You're able to preach to them. You're able to tell them what God has done in your life. You're able to do something to be able to show God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, right? So I called that one the secret pond. We all have that secret pond, usually the people closest to us. I love what Pastor said on Sunday about sometimes we just have to leave this pond and let God take care of those people, friends and family. I actually have a story. My great uncle, which is my grandpa's brother, he was an atheist. Joined the Air Force, he became an atheist. My grandpa is a full-out believer, my, my dad's dad. And he's got great stories. I love that man in death. But his brother was an atheist. And every time my grandpa tried to bring it up to him, he'd tell me stories, he would just shut him down. I didn't want to hear it. Didn't want anything to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Well, he died, I don't know how many years back, died quite a few years back. Well, my grandpa had talked to him in a long time. He died in the Philippines. My aunt and uncle are missionaries in the Philippines. So my aunt was able to see him on his deathbed and let him to led him to Christ right there on his deathbed, hours before he died. Sometimes God, you think that you should be used to reach these people. Sometimes God is going to use other people to reach them. The only thing you can do is fish. Right? That becomes with discouragement. Don't get discouraged because you didn't see results the first time. Once we fish these ponds, there's also other ponds that we need to fish. Like this one. So I called this one the people you see on a daily basis. Your co-workers, your friends, that kind of stuff. All right? But get these people requires a little more sacrifice to give up something. Right? Requires you doing something that's uncomfortable. So to get it there, I have to pull this back. Right? So it uses the force in the spring to get there. It requires movement. It requires something. How many times is God, when God pulls on us, we're not willing to be released? So it's never reached. 
right? We'll let God pull on us. And you know what? That's, that's too much. I don't like that. But if we're released, what can happen? You'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right? 100% of the shots you don't take will be missed. I thought we had three hula hoops, but we don't. But the third, third one is, is those people that God pulls you, pulls you. The people you have no idea who they are. The people that you feel in your spirit, you know what, I got to go up and talk to them. You can tell me times God has told me, hey, you need to go tell them. Just tell them I love them or tell them, have a great day, God loves you. You'd be surprised how many conversations that opens up. I was in the Philippines and I was walking by. I was doing something, I just felt like God said, stop, turn around. As I turned around, someone walked out and he said, go tell them I love them. I was like, okay. Box them, hey. And um, I can't remember the word. They speak Tagalog, completely different language. I said something in Tagalog and got their attention. I'm like, God loves you. She broke down and said, thank you. My husband just left me. In the Philippines, when your husband leaves you, women are basically kind of like second citizens. So it's very difficult. She's like, I needed that. All right? Like I said, then we have those people. We have no idea who they are we have to reach. But it requires us to get uncomfortable, which is my second point. It always gets me when Christians say it's it never got easier when I started following Jesus. You know what's funny is I grew up in the church and I thought that. My man, I started following Jesus, it got even worse. My man, it felt like everything started coming down on me. Like I got even more emotional. I'm an emotional guy. I hide it pretty well. But I got even more emotional. But I find it funny is because Jesus never called us to live a life of comfort. Everyone turn with me, Matthew 16, 24. If you have a highlighter, I highly suggest... You highlight this. If you do. And it says, Matthew 24, and it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. How many of you talking, that's uncomfortable? Who's ever carried a cross? Good. I was like, <laughs> I've never carried a cross, so I was hoping someone might have, but I didn't. I've never carried a cross, but I imagine it's heavy. <laughs> I imagine. I work at a gym. Doesn't mean I work out, as you can tell. But <laughs> I imagine it's heavy. I'm probably physically not ready to carry a cross. When you carry a cross, it's not easy. It's not comfortable. People will be watching you just like Jesus, and people will also be persecuting you. But what I learned about is when people are persecuting you, other people are usually watching. How you handle yourself when you're in those situations and under pressure, brings out your character. 
and your character will always show through. Ask yourself this. Is your life so influenced by Christ that when you're under pressure and in the fire, is Jesus shining through you? Like Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, when Ebuchadnezzar threw him into the fire, he went in and said, there's four people in there. So when you're in that fire, when people look into where you are, look into your life, do they see Jesus in there with you? All right, so when you're fishing, there's always debris, logs, water. If I had a dollar for every time I've lost a lure, I would be a rich man, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I never used to be, I used to spend hours, I'm talking like hours, like I used to spend probably three hours a day. Oh, see, I'm still not even good at it. Oh, man. See? Yeah, see, exactly. See, some people are like this. They, it's usually me. I think I got my life handled, and it's all tangled up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> no, but I spent hours doing this. I, I didn't just grab it and was good at it one day. What was funny is, as I, as I picked this up and I was thinking about that, I was never a good Christian as a kid. I never knew the Bible, grew up in church, but after I spent hours with God, spent hours in his word, in his presence, he now will bring stuff to remembrance like that. But it didn't just come overnight. This kind of stuff takes hours, takes practice, it takes sacrifice. My dad actually probably get pretty mad, they're probably supposed to be doing chores, I was outside doing this all day. <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> no, but I spent hours doing this kind of stuff, practicing because this is something I wanted to be good at. I wanted to be good at this stuff. I wanted to shoot three gun competitions, so I would practice drawing and trigger pull and all this stuff. I became good at it. When it came time to it, I could have started shooting three gun competitions. I was working here at the internship, I had a sponsorship that may have come through. I'd gotten all my ammo. I could have practiced more and traveled. But when I prayed about it, I broke down. God said, that's not what I called you to do. What defines a good fisherman is his willingness to be uncomfortable. He has to be willing to fish those things. If I ever wanted to catch big fish, I would have to go fish logs that's where they would be. If I ever wanted to catch fish, I would have to go fish those lily pads with the chance of losing all my stuff. I actually lost on a log. I lost six lures on a log one time trying to get to a fish. <laughs> Biggest mistake of my life because I never caught the fish. I never got the lures back. <laughs> but re it required something. It was an effort. There was a chance. If there's ever a chance in your life where you could tell someone about Christ, do it. Because it's a chance they could go from hell to heaven. It's a chance that their life could be changed. There's a chance that they could feel that joy. They could feel that completion. They could feel that peace. One time I was, <laughs> my dad remembers this. We were out fishing. We hiked like 
don't know how far we hiked, like probably like three quarters of a mile. We're fly fishing, going down this river, and you have to get away from everyone if you want to go catch fish. So we're fishing, we're hiking. Well, I jump out to this rock fishing, didn't catch anything. Well, I go to jump back, and I hit a tree branch. And it was one of those that they kind of cut it in an angle, so it's got a point. Hit it right here on my head. And I was like, oh, hit me. I still have the knot from it. Hit me on the head, and I was like, get out of the water. I'm like, Dad, grab my stuff. I wasn't even concerned about myself. Dad, grab my stuff. Grabs my stuff. He goes, you bleed? And I'm like, nope, good. I look down. I drop some stuff in the water, and sure enough, I just start pulling blood. <laughs> but as Christians, how many times do we want to take that sacrifice for people? Do we want to hike and get to those places where they could be? Do you want to get uncomfortable? Right? I'm 100% guilty of that. I'm not sitting here trying to condemn you guys. I'm guilty of everything I've said here. I don't want to go to those places and reach those fish that sometimes it's uncomfortable. But if anybody is willing to go and fish those places, there's a chance that they may be caught. In Acts 16, 25 through 30, turn there real quick, talking about Paul and Silas. What did I say, 25, 30? Man, it's hot. Maybe I'm just sick, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, alive. It's hot. So Paul and Silas have been, been put in jail. So they're talking about basically when they're in jail. So we'll talk, start reading the story. <laughs> All right, um, 16, 25 through 30, and it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he said, For a light ran in and fell down. Mm, Oh, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling Paul and Silas. And And he brought them out and said, Sirs, What must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, and you and your household. I mean, no, being locked up in jail is probably not the most comfortable situation you could be in back then, right? But who knows, if they weren't there, then the jailer may never receive Jesus. It's funny is sometimes in life as Christians, we go and we target a single, oop, see, told you, still not good at this. We still target a single fish. But when that bait's sitting there, other people are watching. Right? How I many you know all those prisoners also received 
what they were singing, what they were saying, because they were in the vicinity. I was fishing last um, Friday. I was fishing last Friday, and I threw it in. I was targeting this one fish, pretty decent-sized fish. I was, like, trying to get them, trying to irritate them, aggravate them. Wasn't having it. Cast it one time over him, was bringing it. Well, when I was bringing it over him, he took off. And out of nowhere, an even bigger fish grabbed it, and I caught him. Right? I was like, cool. No, that worked out cool. But he was watching the whole entire time what I was trying to target it with someone else. Always remember, people are watching. We also get uncomfortable at the thought of getting out of our comfort zones. That was me. When I was in high school, I hated doing presentations because when I would hold my paper, I would shake so bad it would like make it sound like a like a thunderstorm. Like it was so loud. When we get pulled by God to go somewhere or talk to somebody about our faith, don't ignore the pool. The pool will be the thing that launches you out when God launches you. He knows. Who knows what can happen? The last thing is, is don't get discouraged. Don't give up on somebody or the pond just because they didn't get caught the first time you threw your lure. Good fishermen are persistent. They don't get discouraged because they didn't catch anything. One day they keep not giving up. I was watching this guy, I watch, I watch a lot of videos, try to learn from these guys about fishing and stuff. So this guy, he wanted to do a, um, a challenge, it's called a big bait challenge. He uses the, some of the biggest baits he can for fish. And he wanted to fish them in all of his local ponds. Well, it took him nine days to catch a fish. He's fishing eight to 12 hours a day. It took him nine days. But he was persistent. He was driven. <laughs> it's me. We'll talk to people. I'll talk to people. They'll have an amazing experience. At, had a couple kids come, and they've had an amazing experience at youth group. And done all this. You see them the next day, and they're... They're back to where they were. So do I just give up on them, or do I keep going after them? Without that persistence, without that instilled in you? Who was brought here by someone from church? Who was invited by someone to church, or by a family member, a friend, somebody? Anyone? Right? When you became... A Christian, did a family member, someone invite you? Or did you just like, you know what, one day I'm going to go to church? Right? That, it happens. It, that, all that happens. Right, I was brought by my, I, was, I wasn't brought, I was forced by my mom and dad <laughs> to come to church. Amen. Amen, yeah. I'll force my kids to come to church no matter what, but they're coming to church. Um, but without that persistence, without that stubbornness, I would not be where I am today. Who would be in here if that person said, you know what, they're too far gone. I've tried too many times, I'm done. I tried once, given up. 
right? I've invited the kids, some of these kids at the, at the gym that, we re, that work me out recently, so we try to build these relationships with the kids and try to get one-on-one with them. A lot of them actually open up a lot of personal stuff, a lot of stuff that's going on at home. But to do that requires persistence. I've invited a couple of them to church quite a few times. I'm like, you know what? Hold this. If I beat you in basketball real quick, you have to come to church. Beat them in basketball, they never came to church. I'm like, man, you wasted a lot of my energy. I'm not in shape. It took a lot for me to do that. <laughs> but I don't give up on them. Because everyone deserves to know the love of Christ. You have to love people even though they might be stubborn or ignore you. You can't give up on those people. So there's this technique, it's called bed fishing. Anybody heard of bed fishing? Fishermen in here? Heard of bed fishing? Fishing the beds? It's a bass fishing term. You go and you fish the beds when they spawn, which is basically when they create their beds, have their eggs, and they protect them. Well, I went bed fishing one time, and basically the idea is to aggravate them, to be there constantly, to be there and not giving up and constantly doing it. Well, one time went bed fishing. It took me like, well, the first time I went, I caught one on the first cast. I hit his bed, and he instantly just grabbed it. I was like, okay, that's easy. Next couple days, I went, and I was expecting every time it'd land, he'd eat it. Well, that didn't happen. So I was like, okay, do it again. Didn't happen. Didn't happen again and again that whole entire day. I probably tried for 45 minutes to get this fish to bite, and he would not bite. So I'm like, okay, we'll play that game. I'm stubborn. Next day I came back. Second cast, he grabbed it, right? But being there and aggravating him, just being there. As Christians, we just have to be there. If I wasn't there for those kids, they would have never opened up. I've spoken in, in Brandon. He's at the gym, too. These group home kids come in. They've opened us up about their lives. They're in the group home because that is their last chance before they go to juvie. That's the last chance that they got. So they open some of the stuff that they've been through and they've done and they've seen. I don't wish that on anyone. If I had a fishing pole and a pro fisherman had a fishing pole, which one's more effective? Anyone? The pro, right? Right? (laughs) So if we're both standing there side by side, and I cast my fishing pole out, and he doesn't, who's more effective? Exactly. You have the better chance of catching a fish. Like I said, you'll always miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And we're, we're closing on. This is a short message, but... Always want to fish the pond. Be willing to get uncomfortable. And don't get discouraged. These three things, I think, will make you a vital and a huge opponent of the devil. Right? This, like I said, this mo- message was not co- meant to condemn anybody. Brandon, can you get some music played? Some of the...
I think it should just be on the instrumental. You should be good. It was meant to encourage people and to fire you up and fire your heart up for people and get outside of your comfort zone, but don't get discouraged as you do it. Everybody can be a fisherman. Like Matt, Matt on Tuesday, he was talking about him being a fisherman, the one time he went fishing, he threw his whole pole in the water. <laughs> Doesn't mean he can't be a fisherman. <laughs> he just has to spend a little more time doing it. I've done that. Actually, I have. I threw half my pole in the water when I was casting one time. I reeled it in, and I had a fish on it too. But it, that just comes with time and persistence. Just spending the time and doing it. I've known people that are great fishermen, not very good evangelists. Known people that are great evangelists, not very good fishermen. Matt, for example. <laughs> Hate to pick on you, Matt, but I thought that was pretty funny when you threw the whole thing in. Never done that, thrown half of it. Anyways. <laughs> but today as I was preparing, I was, I was really sick, guys. Like, to be honest, I was really sick. I had Sean text Pastor, and I was like, hey, Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I am not feeling good. And Pastor texted Sean back and said, hey, don't worry, Cole's got it. Let him, let him the word, Cole's got it. Cole's always ready to go. And I was like, hey, man, like, those are the people I serve under. You know, Pastor Tim, Pastor Cole, they're, we're ready to go. They're always full. They're always ready to go. They're always willing to be used. They're always willing to cast out. They're always willing to be persistent. Like Cole said, he was talking about, he really felt like God was telling him to go talk to this guy. Cole had no idea who he was. He was on a job. Cole didn't. The guy left. As Cole was driving away, Cole said he was on the side of the road. You have to take advantage of every single opportunity that God gives you. Like I said, you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But as I was finishing up today and I was sitting in the office, I was starting to like kind of get my wits about me. And I was just like, God, you need, you need to take over. I'm like, because I feel sick. I'm like, I do not want to be here. But I had my tackle box open and I was switching. I was trying to get the lure I have on now and taping it up. I was sitting there and I looked down. I saw these two lures. I'll go with this one first. This one is a pretty big lure-ish, but it's called a swim bait. It goes subsurface, goes down below, goes back and forth, and it's made to trigger an instinct strike. But in the water, it shines, it's bright, it attracts a lot of color. And when the sun hits it, it's really something. I'll tell you that. And this one, both these lures I've caught fish on, this one sits right on top of the water. And when it goes, it clacks and it rattles. It makes a lot of noise, makes a lot of disturbance. Any bass within probably like a 10 foot, 20 foot radius is gonna lock onto it. They're gonna at least have to see it. But both of these are ineffective when they have baggage. And as I was sitting there, I felt like God was telling me, he goes, someone needs to hear that. You feel ineffective, but you may not know that you have something holding you back. 
may not be bold. I'm not a bold person. I'm up here by the grace of God. Like I said, in high school, I would shake. I couldn't hold myself together. I felt like I wanted to cry. Some people in here like these baits. You need to give up that baggage. 